What's up, everybody? Episode 240 of Top Rope Nation. My name's Ryan Drosty. I'm joined by Mr. Kyle Ross. It's a Sunday morning. Some people are out getting a little religion this morning, but here on Top Rope Nation, we're going to be preaching from the pulpit, Kyle, on why the WWE continues to be absolute hot garbage. How are you doing, Kyle Ross? Ah, couldn't have said it better myself. I'm doing very uh, good here on a Sunday morning. I'm, you know, in the uh, high-class studio here at the house, I suppose. You know, I got a little sunlight coming down on me, not in the dungeon known as the basement. You got some of the old LGN figures behind me over my, uh, what is that, my left shoulder, I guess. So, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. I love this setup that you have. I think I've only seen this once. It was a uh, was it one night only when we did the classics with Liam? Yeah, Patreon. Hey, this is something that can only happen when I throw my family out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. They left voluntarily. <laughs> if it was ever worth throwing your family out of the house, if there's ever an event worth doing that, it was Elimination Chamber because it's going to get you so hot. Yeah, I think they might have seen it on the television and decided to leave. <laughs> We're out of here. No, I, that's great. I love the setup. Pa- like I said, patrons have have seen that before on one of our private videos we did as we did a Top Rope Nation Classics, one of our bonus shows over on Patreon. I guess that's a good segue to shout out a couple new patrons we got this week. So big shout out to Jeff Browning and Steve Shepard who joined up on the Patreon page this weekend. Thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, we're growing each and every week doing those bonus shows. Top Rope Nation Extra last week. Kyle and Liam O'Rourke did an awesome show looking at the Cody Rhodes situation, uh, looking at the history of Elimination Chamber. But almost two hours those guys went. So Oops. if you want to hear that, there's a 15-minute preview of the first 15 minutes on our main podcast feed. But if you want to hear it, join up on the Patreon page. We'd love to have your support. The link here in the broadcast description. And of course, if you're tuning in for the first time and you're not already subscribed, we are streaming on all of the various video platforms today, Sunday morning, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter as well. Do us a favor, no matter where you're watching, head to the YouTube page, subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Nation. We would appreciate that. And if you're listening to the podcast version after the fact, which is where 90% of our listeners are, uh, if you're not already subscribed, do so. Leave us a written review, a five-star rating. It helps out so much. We haven't had a written review come in in quite a while would love to read one on the air again so get those reviews in leave your twitter or your instagram username in the review so i can get a hold of you i'll send you a free top rope nation sticker for your trouble kyle it's a good deal we did just get a piece of positive feedback in the chat though uh from carl amen to ryan was a bloody great show with kyle and my good friend liam like hearing that Uh, thank you carl also a patron Yes. Also in the chat, uh, we have a question here from Aman about the Super Bowl. Uh, this is very odd. Uh, Aman, I would not at this point recommend betting on the Bengals to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think that would be a mistake. <laughs> yes, the game did already happen. The Rams won. Is this old? So don't do did that. This like, did this like come? Was this like somehow stuck in the uh, World Wide Web between the last wow. time we opened this app? 
I mean, my my video was kind of jittery as we started. Was yours playing all right? Yeah. No, mine was kind of weird on my end, so hopefully I'm coming across okay, other than this scratchy throat. I've been battling a cold this weekend and last week, but uh, no, this this page for this show is brand new. So, Amon, I think yeah. someone's trying to take advantage of you. Do not do not take that bet, sir. Do not do it. <laughs> um, I will bet what? you a million dollars the Cincinnati Bengals do not win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. So, what we always do on the pay-per-view reviews, oh no, it's not a pay-per-view, premium live event. Got to get used to that again, Kyle. It's a big change for us here. On the uh, the premium live event, which, by the way, as was just pointed out by friend of the pod, Brian Zillum, over on Twitter, courtesy of Wrestling Observer Radio, Elimination Chamber had an hour and six minutes of wrestling on a three-hour broadcast. Not hard to believe if you watch the show. Lots of video packages. Premium live video package events is what we were watching yesterday. Um, Kyle, what we always do is we give it a grade, A through F. I'll share the Twitter poll results here in just a second. What would you give this show? C minus, I think seems fair. I was going to be, at least by my standard, fairly generous towards the WWE going into the main event. People who follow along in the Facebook group, we had a live chat going. I wrote before the main event, I said, hey, the show... So far, has been pretty uneventful, but it has been by no means a bad show. Surprisingly, okay, <laughs> you mentioned the lack of wrestling on the show. The booking, there was no full pause, really, until the main event. The booking, it was straightforward. It wasn't, you know, awe-inspiring or revolutionary or particularly exciting, but they didn't do anything wrong. But, man, I got some real issues with that main event that we'll get to, and that brought it down for me. This was a slightly below average show, even by the poultry standards of the WWE. I pretty much 100% agree. I C- minus is exactly the score I was going to give it, so we're right on the same. Because, to me, I look at a C as average, mm-hmm. and it was like average to sl- below average, and I agree with you on the main event, which drug it down like a little bit for me when I was trying to think of my grade on this one. It, um, you know, it was fine. We, we had a lot of good discussion going on in the Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in the Facebook group, link in the description. Um, and people were chatting live during the show over there, and we had your friend Garrett Gonzalez from from Observer Radio there and Fight Game Media, and he kind of said, you know, like he didn't really regret watching it. It was fine, you know, and that's kind of where I was at, too. Like I thought <laughs> <What>? it was. <laughs> Has it come to that, though? I know, though. That's 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 what I'm getting to. That's okay. the problem is like that's how I felt, too, is like I watched it. My kids were in and out of the room. They like watching the women's matches. I, I do feel like a little bit better about them watching WWE than AEW because they're young. So, you know, it's going to be a little more family friendly. So I, I'm more comfortable watching that in the living room when they're awake and stuff. So they were in and out. And I was like, yeah, it was all right. Um, but like as a wrestling fan, as a 30 plus year wrestling fan, when I watched that show, Kyle, let me ask you this. I mean, we'll get into this descript- this this whole concept later, I think at the close. But like, what is the number one purpose of the pro wrestling business? Like, what is the goal if you're running a wrestling company? What would you say is the most important thing, Kyle? Because it's not match quality. What is it? It's storytelling. I mean, it's probably making money, to be honest yeah, with you. It's yeah. number one. And and storytelling. Exactly. That's what that was my thought. Storytelling 
and getting you to become a repeat viewer, right? Like that's how you make money off or the audience is getting making them to you tune excited in. about the product. Yeah. Yep. Tune in tomorrow. Tune in on Friday. And there just was nothing on this event that made me want to tune into the next show. I mean, like it was a, it was fine. There wasn't much that was like egregiously bad on this event, but there wasn't anything that was great either. It was just kind of there. And like you see in the show title today, average just isn't good enough. There's competition out there. And when I watch this product, WWE, it's not a well-booked product. No. It's, no, they, I, put, they put on these isolated events that are okay. I thought that this was better than the Royal Rumble, but it'd be hard not to be. The Royal yeah, Rumble is one of the all-time worst events. Yes, yeah, you know. so my four-year-old daughter could have booked a better <laughs> event than the Royal Rumble. What does that say for Shane McMahon? by the way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I will double back at the end of the show to a lot of what you just said about this concept of average isn't good enough. But for now, I'll point this out. There were a lot of people getting their feelings over the last 72 hours or so on Twitter about the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. And did you see the results of worst major show of the year by any chance? Um, or do you recall it? I don't remember what it was. Okay. Well, all right. The top five were all WWE shows. And what's crazy about that, and some people are like, oh, that's so crazy. Survivor Series was the worst, which we ripped. You and I did, because remember, they like pretended that The Rock was going to show up, and he (laughs) wasn't going to and didn't. (laughs) Our thumbnail on YouTube is Roman walking past a fan, and I edited the fan sign to say, where the hell is The Rock? (laughs) Yeah, and... (laughs) I looked at this, so I remembered that. I looked at the other four. I couldn't even remember what happened on them. And so I went to Wikipedia to look, and that didn't even jog my memory. So what does that say? Like, like, people who I guess like the WWE more than us, and there are those people out there, I guess they're fine with these, but... You just look back and these shows are so pointless. No rewatchability factor whatsoever. And and we can roll up this card because I, I want to come to my big picture stuff later on. I, I just wanted to say that, you know, I mean, if you're going to tell me I'm being too negative or we're being too negative, what was good on this yeah. show? Tell me something that was good. Here is our Twitter poll results. And uh, it was... Less A's than the Rumble, but the D or F percentage, I believe, was a little higher. It's pretty close to our Rumble poll results, though. We had uh, 109 votes as of right now. 2.8% gave it an A. Um, about 16.5% a B, 39.4% a C, and 41.3% a D or F. Yeah, and Carl mentioned in the chat, he goes D- minus because he always drops a grade simply for them being in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, it's... Hard to overlook that fact, too, that uh, the regime they're dealing with there and the history and everything. So, yeah, let's let's blow through the card, Kyle. I think mm-hmm. that'll take us. So did you see the pre-show? I did not. Okay. I you want to come and back as I to wrote, that? Yeah, well, you know, The Miz gave an interview, so we could talk about yeah. that. But, you know, if someone thinks that's some dereliction of duty that we didn't watch the pre-show, <laughs> uh, rest assured that the result of that match will mean absolutely nothing in a couple weeks. Maybe even I mean, a couple saw, of days. I saw a little honest, of it. I don't yeah. know if it means anything now. Yeah. Other than I, the Miz I, has to get a celebrity friend, apparently. So. Yeah. So I, the thing, we can come back to it. I saw a little bit of it. So it was Mysterio working Miz, Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio was out there with them. And there was this big, not controversy, but like 
Ray was and Dominic were pissed because Dominic got banned from ringside and like the Miz basically tricked the referee into thinking that Dominic had hit him with a chair. And like, that's a, isn't that like a heel spot? <laughs> like, why would the baby face need two people out there to take on the Miz? Like they were so mad that Dominic got banned from ringside. And if I'm getting this wrong, I only kind of had it casually on in the background, but that's what I saw in the moment was that like Dominic gets banned they're just losing their minds, and the Miz is so happy because he got Dominic banned. But like, dude, Rey Mysterio is the baby face. That's the heel spot, like where the heel has the manager out there, and they and kick gets- out the manager, and then you're so pissed about it. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, Dominic Mysterio is very bad. I, I don't know if there's anyone worse in a major promotion. And why do they treat him like he's a child? <laughs> like, true. I get that he's Rey Mysterio's son, but he's not a child. He's like 20. 20- Four years old. I think on commentary on TV a couple weeks ago, they had Corey Graves say, oh, Ray might take away Dominic's PlayStation. <laughs> Over, uh, like my, I remember when I would like, come home from college, you know, and I'm like 20, and my dad would try telling me what to do. I'm like, what are you doing? You're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Tell it like they treat him like he's a teenager or he's like eight. Yeah, he's, Dominic uh, Mysterio? This guy 20, sticks. 24, 24 years old. Had to Google it to make sure. Yeah, 24 years old. Uh, I mean, doesn't he? God bless Dominic. He's still learning. Maybe he'll end up being decent. But right now, like, clearly he's there because of his father. Everybody knows that. That's an obstacle he has to overcome is that perception, you know, to get better. He's He doesn't warrant the spot he's in now. And nobody believes that if Ray retired tomorrow that he would be there much longer. Right. I mean, or he, Ray left the company. And, and he's regressing too. Like yeah. he, WWE is great at when somebody's making their debut and there's a lot of pressure on them. They don't want to look bad at dressing it up. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? It was against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam a couple of years ago. Dominic debuted. And everyone's like, wow, that was way better than I thought. But since yep. then, it's just been a steady decline. Yeah. All right. So they opened the show proper with Roman defending the Universal title against William Goldberg. And anyone who has listened to the show for a long time knows I'm not the biggest Goldberg fan, but I thought this match was fine. It was six minutes, pretty much did what they needed to do. Honestly, I would have had him win faster, but I understand why they didn't. It's Goldberg's last match on his contract. He's getting paid a lot of money to be there. Six minutes. It's fine. You know, whatever. He got in a little bit of offense. We had um, Roman kicking out of the spear, of course, but in the end, it's a ref stoppage. Roman chokes him out. Kyle, what did you think of this match? Entrances were longer than the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not get the barricade spot, did we? No. <laughs> Despite no two guys doing a spear. Barricade. Yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, this match was modern-day WWE in a nutshell. It was dressed up as a big match. At the start, it looked like a big match. You could even maybe argue it felt like a big match. But then the match itself happened, and I don't know if calling it a big nothing burger is fair, but it's the same meal we've been getting for six years with this Goldberg. And every (laughs) time, it's a little less tasty than the last time, isn't it? Yeah, he looks very old. He's Mm -hmm. a step slower. He's a few days older. It's... There was just nothing to this match. It was like the most basic thing. It was like, and that's the problem 
with so much of this card, it's like, if you just imagine what this might be, that's just what it is. There's like no surprise. Like, like is the people running this operation in WWE, like there should be some drama, some creativity. This was like just a paint-by-numbers Roman Reigns-Goldberg match. Like, if you didn't see the show and you just imagine what you think it might be, that's what it was. Yeah. And you talked about the finish. Man, that choke-out finish for Roman always comes across so flat to me. Yeah. It, yeah. When he started doing it, at the beginning it was fine, but I agree. Because it was new, but now it just like it feels like the baby face will kind of like avoid the tap out initially, but then they just yeah. fade into it and it's over. And right. I get, you know, there's going to be a bunch of MMA fans. Go, well, that's the way it works sometimes, but this isn't MMA folks. It's, it's a worked sport and it's just <laughs> not, it, it just, it's not dramatic. It comes across as just like, Oh, like, yeah. I guess there he tapped out. So whatever. I, I like how I at least like how they portrayed Goldberg as an underdog here. True. Yeah. You know, that, that that was like one pod. They didn't pretend like this was an even matchup and the mighty go like this was 98 Goldberg. They're like, this is his last stand. He's got one shot. Can he hit a lucky spear? Mm-hmm. And that was at least okay. You think they'll continue the relationship with him? Like this, like I mentioned, this is the end of his contract. Do you think there's going to be an extension there? Do you think this is the last time we see him in the ring? What do you think? <sighs> You look at the top of the card moving forward. <laughs> I can see where desperate. Vince. Yeah, I yeah. can see where Vince is like, Ugh. like, what do I have here? And he calls him back. Uh, you know, maybe the Crown Prince is just a big Goldberg fan and wants him <laughs> again. So, I mean, if he asks yeah. Vince, he probably will. So, it, am I one hundred percent convinced that we've seen the last of Bill Goldberg in the WWE? No, I'm not. At the same time, it probably should be because yeah. it's it just, you know, a lot of people complained how he just shows up and he gets in these title matches. And it really is just kind of like, why? Like, you know, it's like, it's just rinse repeat so often. And it's just the law of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a per match deal. I, I definitely see the company getting desperate and bringing him back at some point. I would not be shocked. So, I mean, who's, I don't think it's his last match. I I mean, that's the thing though. He's not going to work with a young guy. Well, Kyle, they're elevating all this young talent, so who knows in a year or two? <laughs> Come on, Mad man. Cat Moss and yeah. Bill Goldberg. Yeah. WrestleMania. A main event in any arena in the country. <laughs> all right. So the women's elimination chamber match. So we've gone with these Saudi shows to no women on the show, to them wrestling, to an elimination chamber match. There was people in a tizzy on twitter.com because the women were allowed to not wear t-shirts this time they had the full body suits on boy are our standards low but yes this is that is the case <laughs> they got rid of the potato sacks that they were wrestling at last time. yes <laughs> yes um and so we had bianca belair yeah returning alexa bliss yeah. we'll get to that in a second Dewdrop, Liv Ugh. morgan Ugh. nikki ash Ugh. rhea ripley Oh. You're talking about so many people here that they've blown it with. Notably Rhea Ripley. I mean, for the people that think that she's still going to be elevated in a big-time deal, I hope you're right. I don't see it. They really missed their chance with her, I think. I know they're focusing on her again recently. Boy, I don't know. 
Nikki, we said at the very beginning, this is not gonna, it's <laughs> not gonna work. They gave her that that short title victory. It was exactly what we thought it was gonna be, and she's right back to where she was with just a different character. That's pretty lame. Liv Morgan, look, man, I don't know what they're doing. Liv Morgan. They made a documentary on her. They've given her various pushes. People like her. My daughter ran into the room when she heard her theme song and was like, I like oh. this girl. And I could not believe it because I hardly ever watched WWE live around them. And she knew the theme song. They re- they really like Liv Morgan. My, both of my daughters that are old enough to know what's happening. But she's not going anywhere. And Alexa Bliss, dude, this was the chance to finally drop the stupid <laughs> gimmick which was voted in the observer awards worst gimmick right Alexa as it Bliss. should have been this was the chance man i was hoping i didn't think she was going to be in this match and by the way when we previewed this this show this was a mystery entrant and i think i said on the show god i hope they keep it a mystery to have some intrigue oh of course they announced Alexa Bliss Dude, in advance. that was so anticlimactic yeah they, 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 they tease the mystery and they announce it on the go home show Oh, it's just going to be Alexa after those yeah, dreadful therapy segments. And suppose like, did they even get through all those? Cause I know I said they had filmed like nine of them. So I don't know if they got more running. Um, that's Jesus. why I didn't think, that's why I didn't think she was going to be on, on the event. And I was hoping those dumb therapy segments was going to end with her dropping this horrid character. I, I, uh, I, nope, I, I she comes out. <laughs> No hypnosis, though, Kyle. No hypnosis. I shudder to think what might still be left on the cutting room floor in Stanford. <laughs> At least there was no hypnosis, but she's still doing that gimmick. She had a swing in her pod. I will say she got a big response from the crowd. The crowd was very into the show. Loud responses for most of the people mm-hmm. uh, on it. Uh, WWE was very sensitive about the fact that it was a late arriving crowd because as they went on the air there was empty seats all over the place and michael cole instantly said this was a late arriving crowd it was like bobby heenan making fun of the hoosier dome yes <laughs> at wrestlemania but they, 8 but they did they did react loud for us so I'll, I'll give them that but uh yeah we still get the same alexa character and then belair was the obvious winner going in and just like we thought she won so the you know the order of eliminations was Ripley eliminated Nikki six minutes in? Liv eliminated Dewdrop, Kyle. <laughs> Dewdrop at eight fifty. <laughs> and they, by the way, they had these entrants coming in very fast in both yes. chambers. It wasn't five minutes like it used to be. What was it like? Two minutes? It was like two I don't minutes. Know if they yeah. ever said it was just it was yeah, quick. The, the announcers did not say anything, but it was definitely two minutes, and I could tell like right off yeah. the rip. Alexa eliminated Liv at 12 minutes and 10 seconds in. Belair eliminated Rhea Ripley at 12.45. And then Belair eliminated Bliss. They were the last two left at 15.45. So again, like, it was exactly what you'd expect. Bianca Belair wins. She's going on to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Any deep thoughts on this one, Kyle? Yeah, hold on one second. I'm going to look something up. So I don't... We'll talk about the men's one, obviously, in a minute. I think... Yes. So the previous record holder for shortest chamber match was the SummerSlam 2003 one. And, mm-hmm. and that was 19 minutes and 16 seconds. So this was the shortest chamber match on record. And I know the men's was very comparable length. So it's it's the two shortest, uh, I believe, unless if I'm, I'm missing someone out there. But I, I, I don't think I am. Uh, the positive here is the right person won. 
I don't think the match would have been better if it was longer. Although I think two-minute intervals was probably too quick to do mm-hmm. anything meaningful. Yep. <sighs> Look, gang, I, I, you know, God bless your daughters too, Ryan, but I, I'm sitting here watching this, getting ready. You get Liv Morgan, Dewdrop. Nikki A.S.H. And man, it might as well be freaking Virgil, Typhoon, and Skinner <laughs> coming out here, man. Because these are freaking jobbers. Who would like Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop? I get that. Well, I don't even know if Dewdrop's a baby face or heel anymore. But like, who? Like, it's not even like wanting to see these characters get their comeuppance. It's like, I just don't want to see them. And, and God bless the ladies performing. I mean, they're trying their heart, hearts out. They're just awful characters. Yeah. Like, it's just like, go, no, I don't want this on my television. <laughs> and so when half of your field has go away, he live. It's just like, just been beat like a drum. She's hopeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what's the point? Uh, Rhonda or uh, Rhea, pardon me. Rhea, I know there was some people whose faith in her has been renewed by her performance in that gauntlet match on Raw. But I question what's the end game with that? Like you build her up for one night to get people excited for this chamber match, but she's not winning. And I don't know what the play is for her at Mania at all. Yeah. I don't know where she's going to be three months from now. If she's necessarily... There's going to be people who don't like this take, but you know me, Ryan. What do I not give? <laughs> the dirty diaper club? You do God, not care. I do not give a damn, man. Uh, Rhea to me when I sit and I really analyze her wrestling I'm I'm paying specific attention to her she looks like someone who is wrestling specifically for the people in charge she's trying to tailor how she's working to impress them and people might be well that sounds pretty smart to me they're the ones signing her check well you know of course the dirty diaper club would say something like that but (laughs) She, my point is, she doesn't feel or look comfortable working mm-hmm. out there all the time. I see it's not so pronounced as it was maybe six months ago, but I see someone who wrestles with a lack of confidence at times. And, you know, that whole bit where she's like, What did she say? Oh, it was so bad. I wrote it down. Do you want some brutality, Nikki, to play off her song? Come on, man. You can't be <laughs> saying that stuff on TV. And expect to get warm marks from me. That is some nerd shit, man. (laughs) That is just bad. I mean, that is just and like, you know, I I, there's potential there. I just think that she suffers from a lack of confidence because in reality, her push was halted and she doesn't really know what the people in charge want her to be or what Mm -hmm. her path to success is. And that's her problem. Right now, as for Alexa, yes, just like you, I was hoping that this character was going to be retired permanently. It is not. Obviously, she got a big reaction because everyone gets big reactions in their first match, first match back. But ugh, I don't know. The, the the swing thing was amusing for some. I again, I, I hate that character so much. I don't mm-hmm. care if she does it well. It's a lousy character. Yeah, very lousy. And this match is full of lousy characters. The Nikki yes. character is awful. The Dewdrop character, again, like how you ever sit in a booking meeting and think, oh, Dewdrop, that'll work out well. Yeah. It just defies all logic. Kyle, I got to tell you, my oldest daughter, she must have heard me like 
imitating you at one point because whenever she sees her on the screen, she yells out, Dewdrop! <laughs> I like that. She, she thinks Dewdrop's just terrible, too. Like, I am an influencer. I told this on our, our Rumble show, you know, when she wrestled Becky. That was a Rumble, right? Can't even remember. Where yes. she was like crying in the match because she couldn't win. And so now every time she sees her, it's, she's such a crybaby. Yeah, hey, and she's supposed she, to be a face. Well, and she was another <laughs> one, too. Uh, you could see the look on Dewdrop's face in that Rumble match. I, I actually felt bad for her, where she had no confidence either because they lost the crowd right away because yep. that sign caught on fire. And that that's the problem with a lot of these people. You know, they don't know. You know, they're so afraid they're stepping on eggshells. If they do, if they have a bad at night, they're like, my push is gone. I'm going to be taken off TV. Yeah. I like Bianca a lot. Loved like her win at WrestleMania last year was by far my favorite part of WrestleMania. And no. I you know, hope she has another big moment. The problem was how they booked her the rest of the year. Yeah. So, you know, everyone wants her to get her win back from SummerSlam. That's the direction we're heading. Yeah. And I, I want to be very clear about something. There will be some people. And by some people, I mean bad faith actors on Twitter.com who will tell you that if Bianca wins at Mania, this was such great long-term storytelling. Oh, God, no. You, you people, you know, maybe need to check yourselves, your criticism of WWE. No, it's not great long-term booking. It's she got her win back. Yeah. like There was no it, story in the interim, really. Yeah, wrestling, that's when, yeah. When wrestling works best, it's not when it has just a start point and an end point with the story. It's when the in-between is also good. Believe it or not, this is possible and was typically the case most of the time in the 35 years I've watched professional wrestling. <laughs> just to say, oh yeah, we came back and you know we put the title back on Bianca. That's not necessarily great storytelling. I think it's a good end point. Bianca does need to beat Becky at WrestleMania. I mean, if she yeah. loses... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the reaction on Twitter.com that day, but I, I don't think this is necessarily a great story. Although they have six weeks of TV to fill. Maybe they can, you know, at least make it feel like a really big deal. Cause it should be a big deal. Mm -hmm. All right. So they follow that one up with a women's tag. So we've got Charlotte flair teaming up with Sonya Deville, taking on Naomi and Ronda Rousey. Okay, a couple things on this match that were kind of cool if you didn't see it. Ronda wore her judo gi from the, I think, 2008 Olympics that she competed mm -hmm. in. Uh, she came out with no makeup on, which I thought was cool. Ronda showing that you can look beautiful without wearing two pounds of makeup caked on your face. I thought that was a good message for the little girls watching this match. Very cool that she did that. She wrestles the match with one arm tied behind her back per the stipulations. And I got to <laughs> tell you, Kyle, like I thought she did... She did a pretty good job considering she had to work the match like that. And, you know, she's not, she's wrestled for, you know, she took out the, the long break, but she's wrestled, but not like super extensively. This is a challenging scenario to find yourself in. And I thought, I thought she did pretty good given the circumstance. So I was kind of into this mm -hmm. at the beginning. The issue was not that Rhonda is someone who doesn't have a lot of experience and had to wrestle with one arm tied behind her back. I think the biggest issue in this match was how poorly her arm was tied behind her back. Yeah, well, it ended up being, like, on her side. through. Yeah, and, and she was yeah. sort of just pretending it was tied behind her back. Like, it, at one point, it just wasn't tied at all, and she just sort of put her arm behind her own back. She still and, didn't use it, though. I mean, she, she still no, worked true to the stipulation. No, she yeah. did, to her credit. But I'm just saying, it hurt the 
aura of believability of the match because you could just see that it wasn't really tied behind her back and she was kind of just having to pretend it was. Uh, the other criticism was is they built to a hot tag to Naomi and mm-hmm. it was a cold, it was a cold hot tag, man. They didn't do a good job of building to that. I'm sure that uh, you know, the, the Jim Cornettes of the world will have their take on that. Is, is he always likes to rate hot tags. But um the dynamic was fine. You had your two WrestleMania opponents on opposite sides, and then you had a mid-card women's feud that has been going on for a while teaming up with them. So it, it was okay. Uh, the finish was the right thing to do with Charlotte just sort of saying, yeah, I don't care about my partner. You can tap her out. I'll live to fight you at WrestleMania mm-hmm. to Ronda. I, I thought that was effective. I, I, I again, Here's a, another maybe nitpick. At the start of the match, and we all knew it was going to happen, Sonya was selling that she had an arm injury. That's what why they had yeah. Ronda wrestle with her. Well, she just takes the thing off. Oh, it was a ruse. Well, it kind of makes the referee look like an idiot. <laughs> because the ref's like, oh, okay, I guess you were faking it the whole time. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> this stipulation of the match is built around, we're just going to have to continue, and I guess the baby face is a moron for falling for this. <laughs> no, like, changing things on the fly here. Yeah, like, Sonya should have, like, cut a promo or something where she made it clear she was abusing her power as an authority. I think just yeah. doing that was a little phony. That that's yeah. a, that's a minor thing maybe, but yeah, this was not again, not bad. No, I thought I thought Ronda was better than the Rumble. Um better than her performance at the Rumble, totally different dynamic, but I thought she looked better here. Uh the armbar finish was fine with her screaming at Charlotte. So, yeah, I I mean, it was it was decent, just they, kind of like a lot of this show. <laughs> yeah, they, they still have a long way to go. They being Ronda and Charlotte in getting yeah. me excited about their match at WrestleMania, which is the second biggest match on the card as mm-hmm. of right now. It's certainly being promoted as such. And I'm a little worried about that match, Ryan, when the bell rings come the first weekend of April. I think that the potential for that match to be bad or a train wreck is there. Yeah. And especially in the main event slot. Yeah. Most likely. All right. Moving on. We get your favorite and mine, Madcap Moss, future main eventer Kyle Ross, out there. That's with a bad wrestler. No, he isn't. Uh, it's just the gimmick is terrible. Like, again, this company still does these <laughs> shitty gimmicks. I don't know why. Like, I just don't. I can't wrap my head around how they sit around backstage and come up with these gimmicks and think this is a good idea. Like, Yes, some people have to be mid-card wrestlers, but like you still want them to have decent gimmicks so that like potentially they could grow into something more. This gimmick could never grow into something more. Riddick Moss is fine as a wrestler. He's talented. The gimmick is freaking awful, as is Happy Corbin, his manager, and Drew McIntyre, the former world champion who carried the company through the pandemic and then the crowd kind of turned on him, whatever. Him working this match just absolutely sucks, man. Like, how do you get excited about Drew McIntyre right now? No. So, do we think that Riddick Moss told a bad joke backstage to Bruce and or Vince, or they heard him tell a bad joke, and this is (laughs) why that happened? Because I cannot fathom any reason why you would give a man a gimmick like this. I know. And dress him up like an idiot. Yep. I mean, I liked, I've said it before, so I liked Riddick and Tino Sabatelli as a team in NXT. Yes. I thought that was a team that had Vince McMahon written all over them. Two athletes, 
good-looking guys. You know, that was something that Vince could sink his teeth into. I know Sabatelli had the injury issues, and that's why it was broken up. But these guys worked hard. This was the lone match on the card where the level of work from the performers surpassed how the match was presented. You know, they over-delivered. Like, obviously, yes. I mean, you look at this, you're like, what is it? It, I, I, it was a match of the night. I had it at three stars. Uh, the, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, mm-hmm. the big thing. And one thing I liked about it is it was worked in the appropriate fashion. You see this match, okay, and you're like, you just made the point. Drew McIntyre, what's he doing working with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was worked in a way that it's like it's an underneath heel against a pseudo top baby face. And it was worked in that way where the suit, the underneath heel had to cheat to have any chance. And so yes. it was him and Corbin double, t- you know, it was a no DQ match. So they're double team and McIntyre the whole way. McIntyre would have the edge when it was a fair fight. And then the heels would cheat to give Moss the edge. That is the appropriate way for this match to be worked. Uh, now Moss needs to <laughs> tuck his head. <laughs> he needs to learn to do that because I, saw the replay where he got all dinged up. And I don't know if it was a, was anything reported on what that wound up? Uh, He appeared to be fine from what I heard. There's the uh, screenshot. If you're watching (laughs) the video stream, I mean, very good work there. But yeah, I, I, you know, watching it back on the replay, it looks like he just didn't take the bump. Right. Uh, Alabama slam right on his head. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, other than that, you know, kind of thing the match was was fine I, I like Drew's work you know I like his like headbutt. he every he looks good he looks impressive my only criticism of Drew McIntyre right now other than he's being booked lower than he probably should be is this brave heart the sword they, yeah. yeah they're leaning too far into that like why can't he just be an ass kicker why can't mm-hmm. he just be a cool ass kicker why does he have to you know pretend that he's Mel Gibson in a movie in 1994 they have and to gimmick I, up everything. I mean, it's all about selling toys, to be honest I, with you. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't know about the optics of attempting a beheading in the kingdom <laughs> of Saudi Arabia. He used the sword to keep Corbin at bay. Uh, and then he hits the claymore to get the victory. Yes. To, to be clear, had they done that anywhere else but the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it would have been amazing. Corbin sold the great, like, what the fuck, man? He tried to kill me. <laughs> so that was good. And they're, they're obvious. Again, it's not a end point that a lot of people are looking forward to, but they're building towards McIntyre beating Corbin. And I guess that's going to be a mania match. So I, this accomplished what it needed to. And it over, like I said, it over delivered my, it was my match of the night. No, I agree. It was, it was a pretty good match, but again, like the story is like, uh, like how, how do you forecast Drew McIntyre getting back to where he was before? I don't know. Well, I'm sure out of necessity it's going to happen again. Yes. But it sucks to see him him muddled in these kinds well, of feuds right now. It, it, it's so odd how they booked him at the end of his Raw tenure in retrospect. Like, remember he just jobbed a Big E for no reason on the way out of the territory, and we all made fun of that <laughs> at the time. We're like, why are they building him? Like, why are they, you know, just beating Drew? Like this, yeah. when they're going to need guys. Now, the key is he's going to get a chance after WrestleMania because they're going to need people. And I think that's what they're doing. So, again, mm-hmm. I'll give them credit, I guess, for that. Wow. I really kind of want to go into a. Well, 
I, I give them credit because there's clearly a long-term strategy that yeah. they're that they're taking it slow because they want Drew to peak after Mania. That's what I guess I'm giving them credit when for. they're going to be and, a need for people yes. in the main event scene. Yeah. Yeah. And God, do I want to tell a story about Braveheart right now, but I feel you're going to kill me in the name of time. Can I, can I do it? <laughs> do it. Just do it. Okay. All right. So you've obviously seen the movie, and I'm sure most yeah. of you have seen the movie. All yeah. right. Remember the part where the king like discovers who his son's lover is? Okay. His son, you know, it was it, the son turned out to be gay. Well, my buddy was telling me the story about watching that movie in a theater. And remember the king like throws the lover like out the window? Yeah. The movie theater cheered when that happened. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God, America in the year 1994? Ooh. That is hideous. That's not. Well, that I mean, is... you probably get. I don't know if I should say this, but probably get that reaction where this event was held. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good. Yeah, not uh, not great laws over in Saudi Arabia, which again makes it hard to enjoy these shows on a more <laughs> macro level. <laughs> that, that is one of the more obviously horrific stories I've ever mm, heard of someone bad, with man. an audience reaction in a movie theater. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'll never forget watching the movie Blow down at college <laughs> senior year. And the part where Johnny Depp gets turned in by his mom, like six people in the back row yell, you fucking bitch. (laughs) Now that made me proud to be an American right there. (laughs) That is a great turnaround. Yeah. And that story on a high note. Yeah. Work with me, Ryan. Ryan. I'll get you the promised land. There we go. Oh, love it. All right. Well, uh, we got Becky and Lita. Lita making her big singles return. Of course, she was in the Rumble, taking on Becky for the Raw Women's title. And uh, for someone who hasn't had much in-ring action in many, many years, I thought Lita did pretty good here. 12-minute match, 12 minutes and 19 seconds. No surprise that Becky would get the victory. Um, but, I mean, overall, I was I was pretty impressed by what Lita did. She got, as you would expect, she was visibly tired by the end. But, again, she doesn't. She doesn't wrestle anymore. So given she's in there with one of the biggest women stars in the industry, I thought she did fine here. I had very low expectations for this match. Yeah. I think Lita's work is romanticized in a way that doesn't match what the actual output was. I I, I mean, the standards at the time were a lot lower. Yeah, sure. I mean, everyone taught, you know, her and Trish, you know, that famous match everyone talks about when they main evented raw. I have no Mm -hmm. idea who won that match. I don't know if I've actually seen it. Boy, I remember watching it live. I think I was doing coverage of that Raw for WrestleView. Who if I'm won? Not mistaken. I'm gonna have to try. I don't remember. I'm gonna have okay. to like look up the results and see if I actually was doing the re- results or what the date was. But uh, I mean, it was a big deal at the time that the, the women. I imagine. Made it right I imagine Lita won. But she was I would the baby have to face, Google that. right? Yeah. Or was she the baby that. face even? Or did she turn heel by that point? Because she was a heel with Edge in 2005. December 6th, 2004. Okay, so she had she was still a babyface then. Yeah, raw results, December 6th, 2004. Let me look. Booking this one on the fly, people. Wasn't in my format sheet, Tony. <laughs> the internet goes a lot slower when you're streaming video too. Okay, yeah, Lita won. Seven minutes and nine seconds. Okay. 
raw results. I'm just trying to see if I have a byline on this on WrestleView if it's oh. still. Uh, well, anyway, with this match, I the crowd did not buy Lita as having any shot at winning here. There was the near fall at the end, which got a reaction, but I don't know. This, I, I don't know how to properly grade this because it wasn't good, but my expectation was so low that it may have beaten it. So, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, to be fair, bringing Lita back in to challenge Becky is probably better than, you know, Dewdrop or Liv Morgan, who are these, you know, full-timers who you just know have no chance, and the crowd doesn't care about them either. So Yeah. I mean, they had some false finishes, which were kind of viable, you know, well, throughout. I, I, the crowd wasn't. The live crowd. The, the one was towards the end. The twist but, of fate and the moonsault. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see. This was her first singles match since 2006. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, again, so, and that was part of the reason my expectations were not very high. Yeah, coming in. yeah. Should we uh, we have a comment here in the Facebook? Oh, I think. we do. This might be Ricky Skelton, by the way, our good friend. Oh, let's see. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. Point for your this is from the Facebook group. Point for your discussion, Ryan. Do you give them any credit for their use of women on these shows? I was appalled when they originally did it without them. And. Even that token one match being celebrated was disgusting, but they've pushed more and more women's matches onto the shows, and the Becky Lita billboard seemed like a big step. Still a bit regressive that they have to cover up, but they've clearly made progress. Uh, I mean, I think you see, you do see the progress on the shows, as we joked about. They're not wearing the big t-shirts anymore. They've got the full body suits on. But is anything really changing for women in the country? I think it's just propaganda. They might be allowing WWE to do a little bit more, but for the average citizens in Saudi Arabia, I'm not up enough on changing laws in Saudi Arabia, but I don't think that I've heard that anything has changed massively. So No, there, has, get, there, there haven't been. No. It's true. I mean, it's true propaganda. For WWE, it looks fine. And yes, the WWE women have made progress, but have the Saudi Arabian women made progress? Yeah, I, don't yeah, I mean, so. I mean, I guess it, Depends how, like you said, how you want to define progress. Yes, yeah. the WWE women have clearly taken a step by the fact there were multiple women. I mean, this, there were three women's matches on this show. Mm-hmm. And half the show is women's matches. That's pretty standard, actually, for a, a WWE card. So the WWE is essentially now presenting what the, the same product it would promote if it was in the States. Although... <laughs> Because they're getting so much money for these shows, I don't think they would have the same level of star power. You know, had the Elimination Chamber been Topeka, Kansas, Lita wouldn't have been wrestling. That's something to consider, too. Lita wouldn't be on this show. I mean, maybe Becky would still be defending against someone, but Lita wouldn't be on this show if it wasn't for the money they were forking over. Well, some people were pretty upset about that on Twitter. I saw some engagement going on where people were saying, like, I hope that's not Lita's last big singles match and it happened in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I mean, I got some stuff going through my head. So like on one hand, I was just like Rick, very appalled when they started doing these shows and the women weren't involved because just as a societal norm, that's terrible. But also because I wanted them to be able to cash in because they were getting all this money. Cause look in the end, this is all about money for WWE. And I was hoping that they would spread those paychecks out to the women, even if they weren't on the shows. So in that sense, it's good to see them on the shows getting the big paydays. 
because WWE is not going to change things. I know that they like to paint it in the media that, oh, they're helping make change, and they have their women even sending out the exact same social media posts word for word, like they're being instructed to copy yeah. and paste it. Um, but they're not, it's just not going to make a change the way that that country operates. So in the end, it's more on the wrestling side. It's more about getting them on the shows and letting them cash in. Cause that's the only reason the company is there is for making money. And yes. so from, from that perspective, it is a victory for the women from the perspective of Saudi Arabia and the women there, they're not getting anything different other than seeing women wrestle, but their own rights are not improving. And it's just propaganda in the truest sense of the word. Like that's it's exactly these shows are just paid propaganda. Yeah. I mean, hey, our women are getting more opportunities. Doesn't have quite as nice of a no. ring to it in in, uh, in a tweet, does it? But that's the reality. Right. Progress is when Saudi women can divorce without fear of seeing what Moss and Corbin saw in kayfabe. Yes, no kidding, Carl. All right, should we move on to the main event? You know, there is one thing I forgot about Corbin real quick. And it's, okay. it's funny that we mentioned, I can go back. One thing that like just absolutely burns my ass. Okay. I see this sometimes like on Facebook, like there'll be these like, ra- somebody will find some random stat and factoid about WWE that like, again, resembles long-term booking, but isn't long-term booking. And they'll promote it. Like it's some cool thing. Like I saw with Corbin, no one has ever kicked out of the end of days finish. Since he's been mm-hmm. here. And I saw somebody in another Facebook group put once, that's really cool, man. They're really protecting his finish. And I'm like, dude, if someone would have kicked out of the end of days last night, it would not have even gotten a big reaction. No one would even <laughs> no have known. Cared, yeah. No one would have even known it was the like no one had kicked out of it previously. Yeah. I I'm assuming I wouldn't be surprised if they build mania around that. Like Drew kicks out of it or something. But mm-hmm. and and they're certainly built you know, talked about the fact Corbin hasn't lost a match since he won all that money. But I mean, come on, man. The end of days? It's not it's not Jake Roberts DDT. Okay, come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I just that that was something that I saw once and always wanted to make fun of. That's really that's really <laughs> I've cool, seen a lot man. of people comment on that too. The protected end of days. Do you think for one second that if Corbin had a big match against Roman, he wouldn't kick out of the end of days? No, and like the thing is, it's like People like that's really, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like it wasn't like cool. Like yeah, what? Like first of all, a finish should be protected. Okay, so like yeah. that's like you know the old Chris Rock, the old Chris Rock bit. I take care of my kids. What well, you're supposed to take care of your kids. <laughs> Again, low standards as we yes. started this show talking about. Yeah. All right. Main event, which uh, currently has uh, based on 137 votes, a 3.5 rating on CageMatch.net. Mm. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar winning the WWE Championship in 14 minutes and 55 seconds. So we have a new chamber. shortest chamber match holder record. Yeah, because the women's was how long? 15.45. Yeah, so this one was about a minute shorter. Uh, we did have Bobby. So a lot of stuff has come out about this. So Bobby Lashley never got involved in the match. Was taken out when, who was that that crashed through his pod? I can't remember. It was Austin Theory crashed through the pod, but it was on a powerbomb from Seth Rollins. That's right. So that took out Lashley. He's taken out. They said he had a concussion, couldn't re-enter the match. There's a lot of people. Oh, is Cody going to come down? We'll get to that here in a minute. Um, yeah, but he, no. He caught, Bob- he caught the red eye to Jetta from Poland. <laughs> but Bobby Lashley was taken out. He never worked the match. And it came out after the show that 
Bobby needs shoulder surgery. He hurt his shoulder in his Royal Rumble match with Brock. And if you go back and you notice, he takes some of the suplexes like awkwardly on just one side. Uh, that would be why. So he's reportedly going to be out for four months. So Lashley's going to miss WrestleMania. That's horrible sucks. timing on that. Yeah. And so really it was just Brock, Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle. And Seth Rollins, so we knew we were going to have a title change when Lashley gets out of the match. And, and we knew who was going to win. <laughs> yeah. So late in the match, it was, I guess, Lashley's turn to enter, but he wasn't there. And Brock decided, F this, and he just busts out of his chamber, comes Which into the cool. match. Yep. Comes into the match, and in a span of a minute and 10 seconds, eliminates Rollins, Riddle, and Styles. And then he toyed around with Austin Theory for almost four minutes. Chase Theory up the side of the cage. Theory was trying to climb out of the cage, which was kind of funny. Brock, big dude, climbs up there, gets him on top of the pod, gives him an F5 off of the pod down to the outside uh, padded area in the chamber. Hope and eventually, okay. What's that? I said, I hope Theory's knee's okay, man. That no was kidding. an ugly looking fall. Hell of a bump. Even if it is padded, it's still mm -hmm. ugly fall. Uh, and then Brock defeats him. Brock wins the WWE title, celebrates with the fans at ringside, which was kind of enjoyable to watch, seeing Brock come out of his shell a little bit. He's been doing that more of late as a face. Uh, but in the end, this match really had nothing to offer other than Kyle, as Top Rope Nation first reported weeks ago, it was Paul Heyman for months pushing in the creative meetings that he wanted this to be title for title at WrestleMania. Paul Heyman gets his way. That's what we're getting at Mania. WWE champion Lesnar against Universal champion Roman Reigns. The third time they have main evented WrestleMania together. Your thoughts? So I'm um, looking right now at Cage Match, and this is currently the lowest rated Elimination Chamber of all time, slightly below the infamous 2006 ECW December to Dismember one that Liam and I on the history said was certainly the worst of all time. Um, again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning, and now we can do some big picture stuff, okay? Coming into this match, I said this was a totally fine pay-per-view by WWE standards. And it, it wasn't an eventful show, but it wasn't it bad either. I, I am almost aghast at the lack of reaction to this match being just such shameless false advertising. I, I saw our friend Zach Haydorn on Twitter. What the hell did Zach write exactly word for word? Let me look that up. He had, he, he absolutely nailed my thoughts on this match. Let's see if I can bring it up on the on screen here. Twitter, I'm looking it up here too. This is great radio. Two people going on Twitter.com. <laughs> Slow scrolling as the video stream is going. But yeah, yeah Zach was oh, watching shit. it last night on delay. I saw it too. I'm trying to remember. He, he, he. Yeah, oops. I can't do I see Zach changed his profile photo here. Okay, that's nice, Zach. Okay, I hope you're doing well. Okay, there. I got it here. Okay, you got it? Screen. Yeah. Okay. Let He's me, got let a me. few. Um, follow Zach Hadorn. Great follow. Yeah. Uh, what a joke of a main event. Really awful. It's not that difficult. If you didn't want Lashley to do a job or Lesnar to do a job, don't book the match. Um, yes, exactly. So I'm going to piggyback that right here. This show was largely built on 
a Lesnar-Lashley confrontation. And it was a confrontation the promotion knew it was not going to be able to deliver. That is some bullshit, man. And if people are like, okay with that, then I think it's time for Kyle, I'm now speaking of myself in the third person, to cut my own blame the fans promo. Because if people are cool with that, then we're fucked, man. This product's that, like, that is just some real shit. That is unacceptable that they would build, like, that was the number one draw of this show, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, we think it's going to go title for title, but how are they going to do the title change? And they chose the lamest, most uncreative shit way to do it possible. And I know Lashley was hurt. If he was that hurt, then you needed to figure out another way to do the Heyman turn and to get the keep the title on Brock. Or you never had to take it off him in the first place. No. You just had a bunch of stuff happening because you have shows and you want stuff to happen, but none of it matters. And it's so uncreative. I got into this a little bit with Garrett, who you mentioned, other thing. Mm-hmm. It's like one thing for them to get to their next step, but it it's never exciting how they do it. Once Lashley was like was taken out of the chamber, it's like, okay, well, is he gonna come back? And then Michael Cole, they have him on commentary say, folks, breaking news, Bobby Lashley's not gonna be able to ran on this match. They might as well just gone off the air <laughs> at that point, because you knew what was gonna happen. And right, you know, I was in tears when it came down to Lashley and the- or Lesnar and Theory, pardon me. Because I'm like, Austin Theory's going to be last. And I'm like, what the hell are they thinking with this? <laughs> it, it turns out that he was, you know, the sacrificial lamb. And it was an impressive looking bump mm-hmm. he took. But, and so some people were happy about that. But man, I go back to it. Th- there was a time and place when the Dave Meltzers of the world, the Wade Kellers of the world, the Brian Al, all the leaders in wrestling coverage in the industry would be apoplectic. And maybe they are. I have not listened to Wrestling Observer Radio yet. Okay, or I, I haven't listened to the torches coverage either, for that matter. There would be a time over the idea that you would just falsely advertise something you knew you couldn't deliver. It's just yeah. unacceptable mm-hmm. to do that. Y- you can't do that. I mean, you're taking your audience for fools. <laughs> this is and, what you've built up for the entire interest of the main event of the show that you don't deliver. Yeah, I mean, it was just and. You know, we didn't even talk about this, actually. They, there was a couple of things. We're going to have to go back and talk about the Cody stuff, too. Because yeah, we missed the tag that match interview. that they scrapped. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ta- so, well, we can just talk, we can just talk about the tag match they scrapped right now. It was so lame the way they took the Usos out, or uh, the Usos took the Viking Raiders out. It was, like, not an excessive heel beatdown at all. And that that's really bad. Okay. I hope they're getting paid well for traveling across the world to not work. And you yeah. know, one of the bad things about that is that's one of the few matches that's actually fresh. They've they've worked um, on house shows recently and some dark matches, but they have not worked on TV. And and it also had been built up the longest, I think. Yeah. It was a match that was announced. It might have even been the first match announced for the show. Yeah. If I remember on Wikipedia, or it was like this, I remember looking at the card. And, like, it was one of the first two matches listed already. So, whatever. But, you know, with this, again, I know Lashley's hurt, so you've got to be careful how you're going to take him out. But Bobby Lashley? Like, this just giant? Well, like, that's how you take him out? Terrible. You know, 
It, it was, and you know, I was thinking before the news came out that he was going to maybe have to miss Mania that, okay, well, they're going to do Seth and Lashley at Mania now because Lashley's going to blame Seth. I actually saw some people, Ryan, and God bless their souls, who are like, oh, I bet this means Lashley's going to be able to get a chance. He's going to make it a three-way. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you people think? Like, the only way Lashley would have got into that as a three-way if he was not hurt is if both Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns flat out refused to do a job. And we're going to talk about that, I think, in a moment. WrestleMania, because I'm my gears are turning on that WrestleMania. I have kind of a now that it's title for title, I have a bit of a different outlook that I had coming out of Mania or coming out of the Rumble. So we'll get to okay. that in a moment. But um, it, it just this was trash. This match, uh, it, it was just all and like, what about the three poor, the other poor bastards in the match? Why did they even bother doing anything? They they, they should have just done a song and dance routine for eight minutes. And then just said, okay, we're going to get our ass kicked by Brock Lesnar now. Bye. Because that's all. Like, <laughs> well, why would you even attempt to do anything meaningful in this match if you're Riddle, if you're AJ Styles, if you're Seth Rollins or Austin Theory? Because you're just going to be made to look like a complete jobber once Lesnar comes in. This is, this is the whole problem with the company is for seven years, everything is revolved around Brock and Roman, and that's it. <laughs> You talk, for as much as we talk about Roman's long title reign and hundreds of days and stuff, like he's a heel. He's destroyed everybody. There's nobody <laughs> for him to face, which is why they have to go back to Brock Lesnar yet again. And like Carl made the point in the chat here, why would we care about AJ going up against Edge or Rollins going up against Cody if those matches happen based on this match where they look like dorks who just easily got destroyed? That's a great I mean, take by Carl, in my opinion. Uh, Jesse... Had in the chat, someone on Twitter said the F5 off the pod could be the spot of the year. Laugh emoji. I want to, just from a match layout perspective, that was, as we've talked about, it was a crazy spot, Austin Theory taking the F5 off the pod. But, so for the people who actually agented this match, which I believe, yeah, was Jamie Noble and Abyss, why the hell, just to protect this guy's knees, wouldn't you have done that spot? when the other guys were still in the match. Like Brock lays out the other guys on the outside. He chases Theory up the side and he does it and they can at least catch him or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just yeah. do that. Oh, this was so risky. Do you know what else was very odd about this match at the start? Lesnar was introduced last. Th this should tell you all you need to know about WWE yeah. in the second word. Lesnar was introduced last even though he was in a pod. So it's always been the four guys that are in the pods get introduced first. And then the two guys who start the match get introduced last because logistically it makes sense. The four guys, the first four guys come in, they get in their pods. The other two guys, okay, they start the match. Well, Lesnar, he comes out last, even though the two guys who are starting the match are already in the ring. He, don't think for a second that wasn't a political hit job he did on Riddle when he just completely ignored him. And mm -hmm. he went to the other three pods and acknowledged the people because Riddle and Lesnar have had their issues in the past. Yeah. And I, I know Lesnar doesn't like Riddle. But that was odd. I mean, uh, th this match was 15 minutes of WWE telling you Brock Lesnar is the only damn thing you should care about. Mm -hmm. And these other guys, maybe they'll do something at WrestleMania, but it stinks. Yeah, Alexa gonna... did that too? Yeah, they came out out of order in the women's match too. Yeah, Alexa was last, I believe. Why would they do that? 
I I also thought that was weird in the moment when I first noticed it in the women's match. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know I didn't notice it about Alexa. I mean, she had the swings, so that's a good point. <laughs> there was a great tweet about how uh, Brock should have used the swing while he waited to enter the. That match. would that have been amusing. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed at that. But no, this I thought this was easily uh, one of the worst chamber matches of all time. You know, coming into tonight or last or yesterday afternoon, I should say. The three worst chambers with ECW one in 2006, and then those two mid-card ones they did in 2015 for no goddamn good reason. Yep. This completes the Mount Rushmore of bad chambers. <laughs> like, at the, at the very best, it's the fourth worst. Yeah. I, I could see it having an argument for being the worst chamber match ever. It was just short and pointless and stupid. I can't emphasize enough, guys. If you're listening and you haven't heard the full show Kyle and Liam did on Extra, our Patreon show, looking at the history of the chamber, you want to hear it. It's really, really good stuff. Join up on the Patreon for a month or something just to check it out. It's really good stuff. So, yeah, it's again, it's emblematic of the problems that plague this company. As I said, Roman and Brock and everyone else is just mid-carters, and that's yeah. what we got yet again, a bunch of sacrificial lambs for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And again, you want to have your top people look like top people, but like you can do that and not make everyone else look like such a schlub. Like it's not Former just world like, champions. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not just like you want people to feel special. Yes. But you don't want to just telegraph to your own audience. These people suck. Right. Or then, you know, make it, maybe they don't think they're doing that, but it's just obvious when you're watching, you're like what a bunch of jobbers these guys are. And then they try to overcompensate in the weeks that come with video packages and whatnot. They had that video package for Seth freaking Rollins. By the way, we should note that it was Seth freaking Rollins against the upstart Austin Theory starting this match. The upstart. <laughs> Michael Cole would not stop saying upstart and freaking. Uh, that was <laughs> lame. But, yep. you know, yeah, but the Seth Rollins, we got that video package even though the other match had been canceled. That was great. Well, this match is gone, and, well, here's a video package. Sacrifice for time, the tag title match, but we had a million video packages on yeah. this show. I mean, almost so, two hours worth of video packages yeah. and entrances. Yeah, again, um, the, I guess just to put a bow on this, this match was just unacceptable to me based on the false advertising. Yeah. Should we finish with The Miz and Cody and the thoughts on all that? And then the big picture, yeah. I, I still yeah. have some big picture thoughts I want to talk uh, about. Real quick, Miz was backstage later. In talking earlier. About it was like in the middle or, of the show. Yeah, it was in the middle of the show. And he was talking about the match he had earlier with Mysterio and basically how he needs a partner. And he said he was going to have to make a call to someone who's a worldwide star and all of this. And immediately people started wondering if that was going to be Cody Rhodes. And Kenny Omega had been on Observer Radio with Garrett and Dave the day before. Uh, came out yesterday morning, actually. And he had said that uh, Kenny joked that Cody was on a plane to Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> people were wondering if he was going to be on the show or not. And he wasn't. But then people thought, oh, maybe The Miz is hinting at Cody here as his partner. Turns out he was talking about Logan Paul coming in for WrestleMania, according to reports. But Cody, we do expect to arrive in WWE. Many people are expecting him to work Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And... I just got to ask you, Kyle, you guys talked about an extra last week, but does anybody really think that Cody is going to be much more than dashing Cody Rhodes in six months? He'll be more than dashing Cody. I, I, I mean, that would be a very hard position part. wise. I mean, oh, um, they're, they're going to try to justify 
his pay a little bit, but like Kevin Owens just got a big payday too. And have they justified that? I'm sure when he first comes in, he'll get a big reaction, but then just the way that this company books, like I can't say he's going to be a major star. Um, you talked about it an extra, but like Cody's coming in because assumingly they, they gave him a really big payday. AEW didn't want to pay him that much. He's fallen out of favor with booking an AEW. And frankly, when AEW looks at their books and who they're paying money, it's worth mo- to pay the big bucks to see him punk and Brian Danielson more than it is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes yeah. just isn't really a needle mover at this point. <laughs> to paraphrase Roman's shirt. So, yeah. I mean, like they made the right decision. I think like if he wanted big money, they were going to match the offer that WWE made. No. Uh, and he, you know, his father's history there and stuff um, more. So what happened later than his run as a wrestler, he feels probably a bit of a tug to go back there too. And so if you're going to get a big payday, I can't fault the guy for going back, but I have zero confidence that he's going to be a major player in the WWE six months from now. And I just don't know how he fits in with the WWE audience, really. I I don't see the WWE audience that doesn't, you know, the portion of it that doesn't care about AEW. I I don't see them being passionate towards Cody either way. No. As a babyface or heel, which I think is going to be an issue. Now, if he's going to work Seth at Mania, and it makes sense when you just kind of look at all the moving pieces all right, Seth, like Seth doesn't really have an obvious opponent for Mania. So, and you know they're going to want to give him something big. Mm-hmm. So, Cody kind of seems logical. We shouldn't write this in stone here. We shouldn't, right. you know, chi- we should not chisel this onto a tablet and give it to Moses by any means. But <laughs> this is not um, a report. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, I think it, it, you know, a lot of signs point to that match. I guess it makes sense for Cody to be a babyface initially because, you know, he'll get a big reaction at first just because he's something new. Mm-hmm. And, and new toys get reactions on WWE television. But like you said, six months from now, what's Cody going to be? I don't know. He's going to probably get a world title shot, I guess, at some point, just out of necessity. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't I, I don't know. That match doesn't really excite me. You know my opinion on Seth Rollins. It's not mm-hmm. po- particularly positive. So, I yeah. mean, of all... I, I don't know who I would want to see Cody wrestle at WrestleMania, but whatever. <laughs> That's well, depending on how long they want to hold off his debut, I'm looking at the upcoming cities for, I assume he'll be, well, I don't know. I I guess, well, is they have anyone, Raw is going to be in Jacksonville March 14th. I'm trying to think of markets that would get Are they going to hold it off response. that long? Yeah. I know, it's just, it's three weeks. Oh, so. I, could, I could see Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah. Because remember, Cody wow. always tried to claim that that was like those were the real AEW fans because they gave yeah. Because the other Raws action. coming up are March seventh, Cleveland, uh, Columbus, February twenty eighth, Columbia, South Carolina, tomorrow night. So I mean, like of those wow. upcoming, it, Jacksonville would probably be the spot to do it if they can hold it off that long. Uh, I'll be. I, I know people were like, "Oh, you're lying, Kyle." I had no idea Raw was coming to Cleveland. <laughs> I, I believe had, you. That that is the first I have heard of that. I will not so, be going. So this idea of big picture problems that we're going to finish with, um, I mean, the Cody stuff is emblematic of that because you've got like a fairly big name. Now he's grown his name in the last couple of years. He's jumping from the main competition. Um, The fact that we can't, we can't even be positive that he's going to be anything major in six months is again, emblematic of the major problems with the promotion. And do you think it's going to be 
like creative the way they bring him in? No, no. it's just gonna be like it's Cody Rhodes. He's a star. You've seen him in other like they're just gonna like just say these buzzwords about him, and he's gonna come out there and he's gonna you know delay cutting his promo to try to get some canned chant. And I wonder if I wonder if they, he'll be able to use the theme song because. Yeah, that was produced by a rock band. He used it before AEW. Hmm. I, I don't. And then who knows? But like, you know, and, and he's gonna use some WWE buzzwords to lead yeah. to some match about Seth Rollins. That's about for that. That's for some untangible thing. Like, you know, oh, you, you know, Co- like Cody's gonna be like. I've been an architect elsewhere. And Seth Rollins like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Did you say architect? I'm, and I'm just going to be like vomiting. On oh, myself. God. I can see I, that. Y- you know, but dude, I, I'm, I'm thinking about I, I will never forget the, that uh, Liam, you know, you, you mentioned calling word for word the edge Seth Rollins feud. He's like, <laughs> like that they're going to be like, like they're going to be arguing about who's the best ever. And he's going to be sitting there. Well, it's not either of you two. <laughs> <laughs> but you know so yeah it's gonna be who's like the best wrestler in the way it's gonna be like so bad and, and whatnot yeah. um but big picture with wwe you know again to reference him garrett in the facebook chat chat uh was like you know this was a completely watchable wwe show and it's, it's interesting he, he and he it wasn't taking any shots he, he was i think comparing maybe his own group on facebook you know, over mm-hmm. fight game media, the re- what was I, I guess a more positive reaction there towards our group's reaction, which was pretty negative. Yeah, and I really took it to heart what he said because I was like thinking to myself, I'm like you know, there probably are a lot of people out there who think that the show is completely fine, and there are people who like the WWE, and it, it just started making me think. It's like, why do I watch this even? <laughs> Like, I, I mean, I don't want to take this to a dark place, gang, but it's like, you know, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it was a whatever enjoyable three hours. You maybe got to spend some time with your daughters, you know, other people. Eh, it was fine. You know, what else was on? I, I would have rather watched like two college basketball games than this show. And it's like and it's about the big picture. Mm-hmm. None of the TV leading up to this was any good. I don't really care where they're going. So, I mean, have our standards just sunk this low where this is, like, acceptable? Like, again, I, I asked the question, what was good on this show? You know, and, and, and on the issue of standards, right? People ask, well, what were the expectations? You know, people who defended it, I mean, what were your expectations? They were probably unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable to have an expectation that something on a show be good. Or make okay, you want to tune in. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, guys. If I've got that, that I think something should be good. And again, I don't think anything on this show outside of Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss was particularly good. Which again, though, that's like kind of like a what I always say. It's a, it's a good match in a vacuum. It's not something that I would ever come yeah, back it, to. It's not a feud I like. No, yeah. It's like two guys work. Two guys in a crummy underneath feud worked hard. Yep. I mean, has it come to this? Nothing on this show is memorable. You said it. I would net uh, on Facebook. You responded here. I would never watch the show again is what you said. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Who would like rewatch any of these WWE shows? It goes back to my point about the Observer Awards from last year. Would you ever like rewatch? Like can you even muster up the strength to rewatch them? 
to decide if they were the worst ever? I certainly can't and don't want to. And, you know, maybe I just had less to do back in the day. There were fewer shows to choose from. People are going to try to make that claim. But, like, I would always want to rewatch stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, it's not just Elimination Chamber or Royal Rumble or whatever the fuck the previous premium live event was before that. It's like the last three years of WWE. Like, who would rewatch any of this? And I do rewatch AEW. Yeah, dude, I rewatched the I've rewatched both Hangman uh, Danielson matches. Yeah, like, and I did it like instantly, like yeah. the next day. Like, you couldn't pay me to rewatch one of those matches. I know you might try, Ryan, but you know, from <laughs> yesterday, it just like, what are we doing? Like, I, I hate to put it this way, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, dog. Yeah. I agree. I mean, most of our discussions on the pod, we do the WWE recaps because they're among our most downloaded shows. People probably enjoy listening to us rant on them. And we're always going to do the the premium live event recaps. But like, we're not going to do many shows, guys, uh, looking at weekly WWE television. (laughs) We do a more historical look backs. We're going to do more of that with AEW because simply put right now, AEW, by every definition, is a better booked wrestling company. And if things change, which I hope they do, I would love both products to be hot. There'd be nothing better. We've lived through that before. If both products, both companies were well-booked and great shows, I would be in heaven. I hope that that happens. But right now, is just no comparison. With the, well, And with this Bruce and Vince and Johnny Ace solidifying, you know, as the, I mean, obviously Vince is always the power strategy, the main, you know, uh, culprit of power that's never changed but with bruce and johnny ace now being the two guys closest to him there's you see the identity for this product moving forward and it's not something that has me particularly exciting like wrestlemania is supposed to be fun (laughs) yeah and i mean concept imagine that (laughs) i'm dreading look at watching this wrestlemania i mean i love talking to you know, the fo- our listeners during the show. I love talking to you after the show, making fun of it. But I mean, I was sitting there at three o'clock yesterday. I'm like, I sat in my basement by myself watching this just completely substandard wrestling show. And I'm like, there is no way that this was better than watching Texas Tech, Texas Tech and Alabama, Kentucky. <laughs> no. Like sports evolve. I'm like, this is the same thing. And if Brock Lesnar wins at WrestleMania, we are in the same spot we were seven years ago with this product, where he is yep. just completely dominant over everyone else. And I, I wanted to close on that. I'm not convinced. I know. I'll try not to, Ricky. I will try not to say premium <laughs> live event. That will be my last time. Um, but if I think this WrestleMania finish is going to be heavily politicked. Okay, coming off the Rumble, I said I expect Brock to beat Roman at Mania because at that point, we didn't know that it was going to be title for title. And if it wasn't title for title, I was like positive Brock was going to beat Roman because Brock has to get something out Mm -hmm. of the deal. He's been booked really strong, uh, as he always is. But, I mean, the way he was booked at, at Chamber last night was crazy, even by Brock's standards. And I can see Roman just not wanting to lose again to this guy at Mania. 
I mean, if you're Roman Reigns, I mean, you're trying to play. I mean, do you want to go 0 for 3 against Brock Lesnar? No way. No way. And, I mean, are you comfortable with that being a legacy? I, I So I think they're like, honestly, the only thing that interests me about WrestleMania 38 is the political machinations behind the scenes between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Because I don't think either of them want to lose this match. And I think both of them are going to politic hard not to. And mm-hmm. Paul Heyman, whose side is he on in reality? Is my question. I mean, you know, is he talking out of you know both sides of his mouth or whatever? I, I don't know. Yeah. That is it, the that is the most interesting part of the story for yeah, sure. Because, is behind the scenes. I mean, like if you're Roman, you just keep losing this guy. I mean, you just why? Yeah. I, I think yeah, a lot I mean, of it I think has now to do that with Brock. Yeah, I was just gonna say now that Brock has had this victory here. I'm not as set on Brock winning at Mania. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm not ruling it out either. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, because the thing is, if Brock, he's got an 18-month deal. And by the way, it runs out in February of next year. God, this guy is sharp. Because what's going to happen? Desperate. They're going to be desperate for Mania yeah. next year, and he's going to get a, another primo deal. <laughs> I'd love to know what Roman. Give it to him, man. I'd love to know what Roman's deal is. Yeah, me too. Remember, he made that comment at Survivor Series about a contract. Hmm. I I would love to know what Roman Reigns deal on this. Yeah, somebody should report on what Roman the status of Roman Reigns' contract is because this is a guy who thought he was beating Lesnar twice at Mania, and it's been changed on him at the last minute. Yeah, you're telling me he wouldn't love professionally to stick it to Lesnar mm-hmm. folks if you don't think that's the case I got a bridge back here you know that you might be interested <laughs> in buying uh, guys our next show that we record later this week is going to be a whole different era this will be for the Patreon page uh, our monthly Top Rope Nation classic show Shytone Rumble 89 as voted oh, on by yes. our Patreon there looking forward we to go. this one Yes. See it on the screen here. So, what uh, we'll great color that. art! Yeah, I think this is custom. Well, the I, it's a custom DVD cover for sure. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that back that back cover is yeah. I never I'd never seen that before. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be doing this later this week. It will be dropping on the Patreon page by the end of the week. Should be a lot of fun. If you want to hear, if you want to hear the Top Rope Nation extra shows that we've referenced throughout, check out the Patreon page. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back on the flagship here on wherever podcasts are found very, very soon. Hope you enjoyed our look at Elimination Chamber. Hopefully it was more enjoyable than the show itself. Uh, you know, Ricky, th- that is the premium live event from the World Wrestling <laughs> Oh, <Federation. laughs> that is the one thing that really does. I want to say this. I'm not like kissing anybody, our listeners ass or anything or whatever. But, you know, um, I always do enjoy hearing the feedback from so many of our listeners, Ryan. I'm sure you do as well. When they're like, you know, your guys' recaps are better than the WWE shows themselves. Yes. I, I really enjoy that. Uh, and by the way, speaking of coming up on Top Rope Nation, I would say we are a little less than three weeks away from you, Ryan, finding mm-hmm. out why I always make that funny face when you ask me to grade a show right after the fact. Oh, really? Yes. Why is that? So, because as I have done with the other big four shows, I will be offering my, I will be going 
a tour through history on WrestleMania starting on March 1. I'll uh-huh. be sharing my thought. And one of those will reveal why, in fact, I hate grading shows right after the fact. Well, there's a teaser. So over in the Facebook group doing the write-ups, right? I will be doing them. Yep. I'll try to do I'll try to do one a day leading up to WrestleMania. Okay. Well there's a good sell. Yeah. And then towards the end, towards the end, I'll just do two or whatever. No, but the the interest in discussing the last couple is always like next to nil. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. And so Kyle, thank you for joining me, spending your Sunday morning. And thanks to everyone that tuned in live and on demand here on the podcast feeds. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us a written review in the coming days. Check the podcast feeds. We'll be back with you real soon. This has been episode 240 of Top Rope Nation. Have a good week, everyone. Take care. Peace.